0: had a good Sabbath afternoon of rest and uh, reflection and preparation for worship. We had a a funeral service for Warren Marchant. Dottie was able to be there. Uh, Her ankle was was very swollen, uh, probably from uh, being on it too much after her hip surgery uh, in recent days, but uh, hopefully she's doing better and uh, we'll continue to pray for her in this time of loss and sadness. Others we want to remember this evening, Avery Kemp. Uh, Alexander and Leela's newborn son continuing to uh, strengthen, and hopefully, he'll be home in a few days. Also, Tommy Treadway is down at South Georgia Medical Center in Valdosta. He was uh, at a car race yesterday helping to load a car and fell backwards off of the trailer about 15 feet onto asphalt. Gashed the back of his head and broke his uh, scapula, his uh, shoulder blade. Uh, but other than that, did um, it- The injuries were were, uh, no more serious than that, so he was very, very blessed and hopefully will be home uh, in a a day or two. Tommy Treadway down in Valdosta. At home, let's remember George Martin, who's not doing well at home. Hospice is is in, and uh, Linda's trying to care for him there. Also, I think Morris Tankersley is having surgery Thursday down in uh, Mayo at Jacksonville, and we want to pray for him and the success of that procedure. Let's remember our Peru mission trip. I understand they have uh, landed in Peru, they are traveling up into the mountains where they'll be working this week, and we uh, pray for them. Christian sympathy, we want to express to Daniel and Carla Mallard in the death of her father, Kent Carter of Lenox, to Wade and Mary Clark in the death of his sister, Janet Clark Spinks of Plant City, Florida, and as I mentioned earlier, to the family of, of Warren March. Let's pause at this time and lift these up, bow together. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy and presence in our lives. We thank you for hearing our prayers and for responding in ways that you know are best, even when we don't always understand. We thank you for being with Tommy Treadway and for just protecting him yesterday in a serious fall and from what could have been even more serious injuries. Heal him quickly, bring him back home to Tifton, be with him while he's away from Margaret, who's down in Peru on a mission trip. And... uh, Just help him in the coming weeks to to improve. We pray for little Avery Kemp, Lord, as he continues to, to grow and strengthen in the prospect of coming home and joining his twin sister as they grow together to love and serve you. We pray for the Peru mission trip, Lord. We thank you for their safe arrival. There's much they want to accomplish, and there's much they're looking to you to reveal to them as a result of this trip. So we just pray that You'll make your will known about the future of that ministry and how you want us as a church involved. And you'll bless them this week and help them to see mighty works take place because of belief that transpires and and folks who hear and receive Jesus. Bless them in all that they do. Make it fruitful, Lord. We pray for these who've lost loved ones. Lord, for the mallards losing her father we pray for Wade and Mary losing his sister and for Miss Dottie and, and Chip and Lennon and the loss of Warren And we know that, um, that your grace is sufficient and that your presence is there Dottie and Warren have been so close for 67 years and uh, we just pray that you comfort her and, and be her strength as you have been throughout her life be with us tonight in worship Open our hearts and minds to your word and to its training us in righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: The offertory hymn is O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. The words actually come from Psalm 35. It says, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praise all the day long. Will you stand as we sing together, O for a Thousand Tongues?
2: Father, we just thank you for this day and for thy many blessings. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to come into thy house today and to hear and to study thy word. And Father, we just ask that the words that we've heard today that we will not be ashamed and to take those into our world so that folks can learn and understand your saving grace. And Lord, I too uh, echo prayers that have been lifted today for the Warren Marchant family, especially Miss Dottie at this time. We just ask that you be with her and be with the caretakers in the days to come. And Father, the Smith family, we just all recognize that loss and the many wonderful things that he's done in this church and the many wonderful things that he's done in this community. And we just ask that they too be supported during this time. And Father, the as we think about the Peru trip and the Peru team, we just ask that a very special blessing be upon them and And the fruits of their work will be evidenced in that country. As we come to this part of our service, we just ask you, Lord, to take these tithes and these offerings and use them to the furtherance of your kingdom. And we ask these things in thy son's precious and holy name. Amen.
3: It is our heart's desire tonight to worship the Lord, whether it's in song or prayer or the preaching of the Word. Let me encourage you to open your copy of God's Word to Exodus, chapter 32. When I was in school, um, my teachers knew me pretty well because I liked to actively participate in the discussion. Um, actually any discussion may not have been what was germane to the what the teacher was talking about, but um, you know, in elementary school, I was strongly encouraged to keep my mouth closed. I can remember one instance, I think it was third grade, with Miss Cooper. She left the room. And I believe she'd probably been out of the room for approximately 20 minutes, because, you know, we had that clock we could We could watch it. Now, the first five minutes that she was out, the room was pretty quiet. But then, that last next five, 10, 15 minutes, a skirmish really began to go on in class. Somebody tore out a piece of paper out of their notebook and turned it into an airplane and flew it across. Um, Do you all remember what these are? erasers, exactly. Of course, these are now white board erasers, but you know, the chalk erasers. And somebody went over to the board and picked up a couple of these and sailed them across the, across the, the room. And I remember just sitting there, you know, thinking what my dad would do if I got into this and I just did not do anything until after about 15 or 20 minutes, I assumed she's never coming back. And one of those erasers hit and landed right on my desk. I had no choice. I picked that thing up, threw it across the room, and as I released it, there's Miss Cooper. John Hughes, go to the principal's office. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, you know, when you get to junior high school, you know, now it's four years later, usually in junior high, some kids, not all, but some kids have learned some self-control. Isn't that right, Jerry Johnson? Yes. Learned some self-control. So again, think of this. You know, junior high school, we're having lunch, and after lunch, you don't go out on the playground, but you get some free time to just stand outside. and A number of my friends were... We're out there just kind of goofing around, and they picked up some of these things pine cones. And they just began to toss them at each other. You know, what guys will do. And again, I thought, you know, any second now, Coach Clark is going to walk out here, tell us guys to line up to to go back into whatever class we had, and these guys are going to get caught. But again, after about 15 minutes, nobody getting caught. You know what I did, don't you? Sure. I said, I'll go pick up some of these and have a good time. As soon as I released it, hit the guy in the back, Coach Clark walks out and says, Hughes, go to my office. And he used to give licks with like one of these razor, you know, razor straps in the barbershop. He only gave you one, okay, because that's all you could survive. Uh, but you'll never, you'll never forget it, you know. You'll never forget it. Coach Clark could light you up. Well, as we're going to, you're probably wondering, what on earth does this have anything to do with the message? But let me just tell you, as we look at our text tonight, what we're going to see is a group of children. A group of children who are waiting for their teacher. Of course, the children are the children of Israel, right, who are descendants of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And the teacher they're waiting for is Moses. Okay, some of y'all are paying attention. That's a good thing. Now, Moses is not frittering away his time. He's not like in the teacher's lounge goofing off. He is, he is up on the mountain, a mountain called Sinai. And he is talking face-to-face with Almighty God. a matter of fact, according to the, the Scriptures, he's receiving from God the Ten Commandments. He's also receiving from God other instruction... For the children of Israel, so they might know how to live in a right relationship with God. Now, the children of Israel have not been waiting for 5, 10, 15, or 20 minutes. They've not even been waiting for one or two hours or even several days for Moses. Hopefully you recall from your Sunday school lessons, they were waiting for how long? It's going to be a long sermon if y'all take this long to answer the questions. Forty days, okay? Forty days they had been waiting. So they began to wonder, they're thinking, what happened to Moses? Is he coming back? Was he killed? Did he leave us? What's become of Moses? And we see in this scripture that the people come to Aaron. And they ask him, make us a God who will now be our leader. Moses is gone. And we see in this scripture that Aaron instructs him. He says, all right, take off the gold rings that you're wearing and bring them to me. And and it's interesting. It's ironic to me is that when these men and women ask for a God other than the Lord that they ask a man to make it. And then not only do they ask a man to make it, they provide the material, the gold, to actually create it. So Aaron takes the gold, he melts it down, produces a calf, and then Aaron has the nerve to say, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you. Out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron had the nerve to build an altar before it and say, tomorrow's going to be a feast to the Lord. The very next morning, according to the scriptures, the people got up early. They were eager. They got up early. And they began to offer burnt offerings and peace offerings. And then the people sat down and began to eat and drink and play and And everything just kind of got out of hand. And although it was Yahweh, God, who delivered them, they're worshiping an idol. An idol, Apis, the bull god of of Egypt. That's what they're doing. Now, it may seem incredibly stupid to you tonight that people would worship an idol, give themselves, and you think, man, what a stupid sin. But what are our stupid sins? God threatened, you'll see here, to destroy them. What is God going to do about the sin in our life? I mean, let's just be honest. Tonight, we're not too upset about our sins. We're not too upset. We're not getting too worked up about them. Matter of fact, we've kind of grown accustomed to them. Well, it's time for us tonight to get honest with God. Confess our sins. They missed the point. God had delivered them, God had rescued them, but it was still all about them. Excuse me, just one second. Let's look at verses 7 through 10 in Exodus 32. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them, and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it, and have said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff necked people. Now leave me alone, so that my anger. May burn against them and that I may destroy them, then I will make you into a great nation. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just ask you tonight to open our eyes to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing we see in this text tonight is is simply that there is no way that we can hide our sin or pretend that our sin really isn't all that bad. I'm afraid many of us have kind of a third grade understanding of God is that we feel Whatever we can get away with, God doesn't know about. For instance, if, um, if you're on a date and you're in the car and it's dark and it's late at night, obviously God's not going to see what's going on between the guy and the girl. Or if you're married and you're a couple and a husband and wife are having a lively discussion or, or more on the in order of a heated argument, whatever you want to say, and harsh words are thrown around between husband and wife like verbal bricks at one another, surely God doesn't hear that because, I mean, you're inside the house and, and he can't hear it. See, God told Moses, do you see what he said? God told Moses, he says, go down at once. Because God's fully aware of just how corruptly the people are acting. He knows exactly. Matter of fact, God quoted verbatim to Moses what the people had said. Aaron had said, this is your God, O Israel, He brought you up from the land of Egypt. See, there's, there's nothing that escapes God's notice. What we say, what we do, what we think... He knows the sins that we're committing. You mean, even if it's at night, even if it's under the cover of darkness, even if there's hundreds or thousands or even millions of other people doing it, God actually sees my sin? I remember years ago in college, and Brother Wayne, I guess, sharing this illustration this morning kind of made me think of it, but was in college, and and, um, we were sponsoring a a fun event. This was at Georgia Southern before football. And this was going to be an event that we're going to bring people in fraternities, sororities, and other people all over campus together for an event at the the fairgrounds. And we thought of a real uh, original name for it. (coughs) We copied it. The Country Bear Jamboree. Stolen right from Disney World. But anyway, um, so we planned this event. It was going to be all kinds of music and activities and we even had some Christian music in there, but I'll never forget the, the, end, the end of this whole event. Um, we had this band playing. And as this band was playing, it was kind of a chilly night there at the fairgrounds in Statesboro. And this band was playing rock and roll music. And these people that were out there were basically probably, 90% of them were probably drunk at that point. And... Um, And they were enjoying this music, and the Lord, I was just thinking, who's in charge of this right now, Lord? And it just hit me. You know, the devil was in charge of that right at that point. You know, what was going on there? And who helped plan this event? And I was like, you did, John. See, even if it's in a big group, even if everybody's doing it the scripture says here god was angry so he spoke these words to moses he says now let let me alone so my anger can burn against them it seems here that god had drawn a line in the sand and he said listen enough is enough i delivered you out of slavery I have brought you into a special covenant. I'm the one who's feeding you. I'm the one who's providing manna in the morning and quail in the evening and water. I'm taking care of you. And now you're giving yourself over to idolatry, licentious worship. Enough is enough. Sin is serious to God. It makes God nauseous. It it gets him angry. Now we may stand and sing a beautiful praise song or a beautiful hymn. But if in reality we may be saying, Lord, I lift your name on high, or we may say, crown him with many crowns but we may be saying those words but in reality the person we want to elevate in our hearts is ourselves that doesn't honor the Lord it doesn't honor the Lord now here's my question why did God tell Moses to leave him alone Well, to me, it's kind of a, a back-end way into... One gets the impression that God did not want Moses to pray. Moses, don't, don't leave me alone. I'll just let my anger burn. Because if you start interceding for the people, that statement seems to reveal the power of intercessory prayer. That prayer could persuade God's offended holiness to exercise mercy. So I was thinking about, you know, this message. Perhaps that's why we haven't been obliterated as a nation. Maybe the, we owe our existence, continued existence as a nation, to the WMU. Not because of their heart for missions, maybe as much as which is their primary thrust, but maybe. It's because they're praying for a sick nation. From God's perspective, prayer makes a difference. And so Moses begins to pray. He begins to intercede. And the scripture says the Lord changed his mind about the harm he would do. God, well, let's look on to this. The second thing I want us to see tonight is this. If we refuse to confess our sin tonight, we, we risk the anger of God. But secondly, we risk the loss of His presence. The loss of His presence. See, when Moses saw all the people, what they were doing, as he came down the mountain, it says that what Moses did was he threw down the tablets, which was the covenant or the message from God. He threw it down. And when he threw them down, they were shattered. But not only did he throw those down, he goes and he grabs that golden calf and he destroys it. Forces people to drink it. But there's something else that happens in this text. Do you know what else happens if you read it? He he calls the people that are going to stand for God to come and the Levites come to him. And he says, strap on a sword, boys. And they go throughout the camp and it says in that one day, 3,000 were killed. And then the next day, Moses goes to make atonement for the people. Now what's amazing to me is in this text we also see, in chapter 33 is where I'm quoting from or alluding to, we also see that the Lord still wanted to move forward with these people. He still wanted them to go into the promised land. That's amazing. But things were about to change. The Lord would no longer be in their midst. Instead, he would send his angel before them. See, God was still going to give his guidance, but he was not going to provide his presence. Moses would become their mediator. Only he would have the personal presence of God. Certainly this was the judgment because of their sin. But also, even in the judgment of of their sin, there's reflected here the mercy of God. Because if the presence of the Holy One resided in their midst, it would have only increased their responsibility and punishment for their sin. See, this was a major shift because in the past, the Lord Himself had led Israel. And Moses had only been His servant, His spokesman. But now, Moses and an angel were going to lead them. So rather than the Lord and His servant, now it's a servant and the Lord's messenger that are going to be guiding. So it's a significant loss. What is it about people that we love most? What is it about people you love most? Do you love serving them? Is that what you love most? Remember a, a lady who's a friend of our family that on the first day that they were back home, from their honeymoon when her husband woke up she brought him a tray breakfast in bed she did that for 50 years every morning now what's interesting is everybody in the family and I'm not in the family, but I was a friend. Assumed she loved doing that. No. No, no, no. Misunderstanding there. Created an expectation she felt she had to fulfill, even though she didn't want to do that anymore. So what is it about people that we really love? Do we love serving them? Do we... Do we love to admire them? Do we love to praise them? Do we love to to hear about them and what they've done, what they're doing? Do we love getting letters from them? Do we love getting gifts from them? I mean, all these things are great. But what do we really enjoy? I mean, you know, I have this picture In my office, along with some others, but, you know, it's a beautiful picture. Lovely lady. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Okay. But, you know, my joy doesn't come from looking at that picture. Or receiving a present or whatever. To be honest, I don't really want a letter from Nancy. You know? What I really want is just to be with her. And yet, you know what? You and I tonight are willing to risk the loss of the presence and the intimacy with God for our sin. We'll trade it away. For our sin, we'll trade it away. We are we're willing just to, to sit back and, and we'll just settle for hearing about God. We'll just hear about Him. Or, or we'll settle for just reading a letter about Him. Instead of hungering for His presence. You know, do we think about it tonight? When we come to worship do we desire to know and experience? Do we hunger for the presence of the Lord? See, Moses did. That's what this passage points us to. Moses did. He actually prayed, Lord, show me your glory in thirty-three eighteen, Lord, show me your glory. But I want you to see here in, in chapter 34 how God responded. Look at verses 6 and 7. Moses hungered for the presence of God. And the Lord did reveal himself visibly to Moses. But he also revealed himself audibly to Moses. And we do not have in the text the visible manifestation. You can't actually see the visible manifestation of God in the Scripture. But we do have the audible. And look at that. Look at what the Scripture, what God himself did. Said as he passed in front of Moses. Verse 6 of chapter 34, it says this: And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love. And faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and what? Sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, he punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third. In the fourth generation. Brothers and sisters, sin is not worth losing the presence of God. Sin is not worth risking the anger and the wrath of God. It's time tonight for us, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to confess our sin, to experience His forgiveness. Now, what does confession mean? It means to agree with God. It means that we agree with God that what he calls sin, we also call it sin. We may want to call it something else, but if God calls it sin, it's sin. If the Holy Spirit places his finger on one or more areas of our life, whatever they are, it's not worth it. to avoid confession. You know, Nancy and I were, were um, dating years ago and, and uh, we decided to do a picnic. Okay? And you just think, okay, well, big deal, picnic. So we, we go buy, I don't know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I was really rich then and I bought a three-piece rather than a two-piece or something, you know. So we pick up the Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was like after church and and we go sit by this little lake and I was feeling exceptionally rich, so I bought some Oreo cookies, okay? So, so we had dessert, so we were sitting there eating, and while we were talking and having a good time, it became time to eat the Oreo cookies. And so we reach over there and grab those Oreo cookies, and you know what? You guessed it. What was it? Full of ants. The whole pack was full of ants. And so we, you know, you dump them or get rid of them or whatever. Now... Why did the ants come after the Oreos? The sugar. Exactly. 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 Think about that. Think about that. It was the sugar that attracted the ants. Okay? Sometimes, sometimes in the way we dress or adorn ourselves, Men and women. Sometimes the way we dress or adorn ourselves is like a sweetness that's attracting things we really don't want. See, spiritual renewal only happens when we begin to confess our sins. Several years ago, I was at LaGrange College. A number of us were working in a summer camp, and we went there just to have a time of recreation. And while we were there just goofing around in that gym at LaGrange College, there was a junior high. Anybody here in junior high tonight or 7th, 8th grade? Any 7th, 8th graders? Good. So this 7th or 8th grade boy comes up and starts shooting basketball with us. And after we had played ball a while, we were sitting there all tired. We were, I was talking to this young boy, and I was like college age at the time, and, and uh, began to just talk to him about his faith and, and uh, shared Christ with him. And, and he prayed to receive Christ that afternoon. So we were on the bus after the time in LaGrange going back to... Lafayette, um, Alabama, I think, was where we were headed. And we were going back to Lafayette. And as we were riding on the bus, everybody was just talking about you know, their, their time and goofing around. And, and uh, somebody asked me, did I have a good time? I said, yeah, I got to share with Jerry. And, and uh, he, he prayed to receive Christ. And I'll never forget Barbara Ella Peak. Y'all know her? She's from Macon. Barbara stood up, came down. You know, you remember these things. You know, she stood up, came down the bus, and and she said, John, I really detect a spirit of pride in you, brother. (laughs) You know, the hard thing is when people are right. You know? Yeah, all you other Christians, y'all were out just recreating, but I was winning somebody to Jesus. Y'all need to get with it. You know what I mean? I didn't say that, but evidently that's what she sensed. And she called me on it. Tonight, uh, I'm asking you to do the really tough thing. God longs for us, as the scripture says here. He he is patient. He's long-suffering. He's full of love. He longs for us to experience his love and forgiveness. He just wants us to be honest with him tonight. See, it's a real relationship with God. If we ignore him or we deliberately sin against the one who loves us, we're only hurting ourselves. And so tonight we need to confess. We need to confess. We need to get it out in the light. I think I've got a little video up here. Not a video, but maybe a slide. Does anybody know what that is? Okay, that's a F, That's a white F-150 crew cab. And for some reason, I think if, if I had that truck, I would be a happy guy. See, if I had that truck, when I go over these, you know, we got a lot of train tracks around here, right? I had that truck, one of those train tracks, I wouldn't be tearing up suspension, if I had that truck, you see, it's four doors. I could pick up people and bring them to church. Jim needs a ride home tonight, don't you, Jim? See, Jim, I could take Jim home tonight if I had that truck. Um, matter of fact, I could help people in, with their yard if I had that. See, that, on you know, the back of that truck, you know, there's all kinds of space to put, like, clip-ins and mowers. and You know, if I just had, Lord, if I just had that truck. But, you know, when I get it out in the light, when I tell the Lord, he goes, well, you've got a minivan. It is running. Why do you think that's going to make you happy? Confession. Confession. He loves us. It's time to confess our sin. I mean, this morning, our pastor nailed us. What an example, sharing about his dad. No compromise. Maybe that's the confession tonight. Lord, I'm compromising. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, how you long to really let us experience your love, like shepherd you are. How you long to lead us and guide us. How you long for that intimate relationship. But Lord in all honesty, as we see in the children of Israel who, who saw miracle after miracle, they were actually being fed by you. And, and they took the food you provided and turned it into a idolatry. Lord, we need to confess our sin to you. We need to get it out in the light, not hold back. For, Lord, if we do that, we will experience, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because of his blood shed for us, we'll experience that forgiveness afresh and anew in our relationship with you. We'll experience that intimacy, that daily walk, filled to overflowing with your Holy Spirit, So, Father, we just allow you tonight to point out any sin, and we'll confess, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight is a time of invitation. We're going to stand in a moment sing Hymn 61, Savior Like a Shepherd, lead us. Our pastor will be here at the front. If it will help you, if it will encourage you to make a public decision tonight, you come forward, share that decision or pray. If in recent days you've given your heart to Christ and you're ready to say, I'm a disciple, I'm willing to be baptized, you come and share that with Pastor Wayne. We'll rejoice with you and and seek to encourage you. Let's stand together.